show number 155 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. We're going to see Phil. We're going to see Bill in a week and a few days. And we'll be in the second row. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, Oh my God. God. It's so, like, awesome. (laughs) I am so excited. You know, this whole tour is all one night stands, like one right after another. Except for the shows in New York, right? That was the only one. Right, right. But he's not even doing a bunch of shows in L.A. He's doing one. Wow. He's he's just he wants to see as many people in as many different places as possible. I guess. He's trying to serve the the public, serve the need of the public. The needs oh. of the many. That's what he's trying the to do. The needs of the many. Oh, he's so awesome. <laughs> now, I posted something on the blog and we've talked about it too that we are both trying really hard to avoid um all the different news and somebody um on the Shatner website posted a detailed review of of their (gasps) adventures i haven't read them so that you know we are going to be giving you all our impressions of course as as soon as we have them um and then probably in the coming weeks after that we'll be playing catch up with all the interviews and articles that are out there being written about him you know because he's just out there you know doing the press and shilling and appearing on every show and in you know all the links have been showing up in our email and our Shatner mm-hmm. alerts and on the Shatner board and everything so we're going to have a lot of work to do but it will all be fun 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 oh it will be and you know I think he last week he was on tv every night oh on, yeah on a different show yes it's amazing I have to talk about his appearance on the Colbert Report Oh my God! It Did was you see so it? Good. Yes, I saw it. It was uh, wonderful. Oh, he's I mean, amazing. The minute Stephen Colbert shook Bill's hand, Bill turned it into an arm wrestling match. He did, and he won. And he won. Of course, he won. And oh, I love it when Colbert goes all fanboy, which he he yes. does sometimes. And he was he was gushing. He, he was just was when he said, "You were so goddamn beautiful," and used the word "beautiful." I he mean. Did. It was like, oh, thank you, Stephen. You know, all of our hearts just went flutter, flutter, flutter. And I, I just loved that Bill was being his, just when he, he goes into that character. And, yes. and he's done it with several interviewers where the guy says, can I call you Bill? And he says, no. no. <laughs> well, and the great thing is, what I would love to know more about is here's Bill playing his Bill character, right? Uh-huh, and uh-huh. here's Stephen Colbert playing his Stephen Colbert character, who uh-huh. Colbert himself has said he thinks is a jerk. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, like you say, his true fanboy, of course, was coming through. I would love to know about any conversation they had when they weren't playing those characters. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they were palling it up backstage beforehand. Yeah. Oh. Just to set it. But it was it was so good, and, and Bill was great, and... Um, just being he was just being that character which is so funny in that context and the audience was going nuts they were just <laughs> screaming and screaming it was so well good. wouldn't you oh of course of course <laughs> well and right now as we are recording bill is on psych tonight oh that's right yeah the show where he played the the girl's father the con mm-hmm. artist well they of course he was so popular and wonderful they had him back they and i'll watch it back. later you know on demand mm-hmm. but um you know i mean i thought it was a crappy show but <laughs> you know he did a one shot on the practice and turned it into a whole series and an <laughs> emmy so he can do anything he can, he just can. do these things he's yeah. bill because he's bill Cause he's, he's bill. bill yes Oh, that's so funny. So yes, um, he he hit all the talk shows. He was on the radio. He was on Howard Stern twice, I think. Really? Oh, I think I didn't so. Know that. Yeah. Um, just he's been on every every media outlet that exists. He's been on it talking about his stuff. It's incredible. Yes. And and doing his show at the same time. Yes. I mean, that, that's the other thing. It's not like he did his show and then he took a break to do all this media stuff. He was doing both of them exactly at the same time. No, and a lot of those things, like I know he was on, I don't know, The View or, or the, and uh, Good Morning America and everything. So he had to be up like at 4 or 5 in the morning. Yeah. And, and plus, that. 
uh, he was tweeting and I retweeted a lot of this almost every day during that New York run. Mm -hmm. He was he was chilling for the show on Twitter. How exciting was it? He this is one thing I know and I hope it's not a spoiler for you, but he closes the show by performing real. (gasps) I know I did read that and I got chills all over. I was like, oh, the best. (laughs) Like about a, a week before closing, he did it. And then came back out and did an encore with his friend, Brad Paisley. Wow. So Brad Paisley took a break from his tour (laughs) to come and play on stage with Bill and do real. That's amazing. I did, uh, and he wrote that song for Bill. Yeah, yeah. So oh, that's great. Oh, oh man, what a what a thrill that must have been for the audience. I mean, just not only Bill comes back out, but he brings with him his buddy, and they his... do a song. Do you think that when he does the show for us, because he's doing it for us, yes, in, just in for Chicago, he's going to do like an Irish song, and maybe for an encore, he's going to sing <laughs> When Irish Eyes Are Smiling or something oh my really God. corny like oh, that. Or he'll do Chicago, My Kind of Town or something. <laughs> well, he... I will fall out of my chair laughing if he does any of those things. While we're talking about Bill and Brad Paisley on either the Grammys or the Country Music Awards or something like that, Brad Paisley performed his new song, Camouflage. Mm-hmm. And like a third of the way through it, Bill just comes out on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and like sings, scare quotes, along. <laughs> so, and, you know, the chorus is camouflage, blah, 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 camouflage. And Bill is just basically going camouflage. And <laughs> one of the reviews the next day said something like, it was really strange, and I don't understand it, but it worked in this weird Shatner way. <laughs> in this weird Shatner way, that's it. It's the way of Shatner that it, it works somehow. Yes. Oh, that's so funny. Um, while we're on the topic of music, yes, I feel that we must cover this. Now we're going to shift slightly from Star Trek into Monkey's fandom, and we were okay. all very, very, very saddened. By the passing of Davy Jones, yes, uh, the youngest monkey actually was he. Um, okay, I was wondering he was. About that. He was the youngest, and and according to what the other guys said, um, he was the healthiest. He didn't smoke. He was a vegetarian. He was out exercising his horses every day. Uh-huh. He, he took care of himself better than any of them. Like he never did drugs the way um, Mickey or, or Peter mm-hmm. ever did. Mm-hmm. So everybody was just hugely shocked that he was the first one to go. Really? Yeah. Um, It was interesting reading the various, um, God, I'm blanking out, the various newspaper articles and stuff about Mm -hmm. him. And a couple of them said, and maybe this was true, that the, the whole show was built around him. Well, it wasn't. And is that something they were just saying because it made good press. Yeah, it was an urban legend. They, yeah. they had the the two guys who Bert Schneider and, and um, Bob Rafelson had the idea for the show even before um, the Beatles became really, really huge. They just mm-hmm. decided that this would be a good thing to do. And they were just looking around for different people. And they saw him performing on um, in Oliver on Broadway and thought he, he'd be good. And he had signed to Cold Gems, which was... Um, a, a big record label at the time, mm-hmm. but he still had to audition. You know, it wasn't okay. like they, they said, Oh, it's him. And then we'll just pick the other guys. He still had to go through the whole process, but they, they definitely wanted one of his type, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the cute, um, non-threatening, very boyish type who had a good singing voice. And, he and it didn't perfectly. hurt at all that he was British. Yeah. And that was a good yeah. thing too. So yeah. Jack is sniffing into the microphone. Can you hear him? I heard his, his tags jingling. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's right here. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> well, and I do have to bring up the one thing that appalled me and also made me laugh, which was that I had the TV on and the ABC nightly news comes on and they actually called him the littlest monkey. You know, that's, that's not cool. No, it's not cool. And the thing is, I don't know. Was he ever referred to it that way, like on the show or anything? I thought that was a complete fandom thing. I thought it was a fandom thing, too. I thought we made that up. <laughs> well, no, it was in all those bad stories. Well, yeah, but I mean, we, we popularized it. Let's say that. <laughs> we helped. <laughs> we helped. Like, like Mike Nesmith, their leader. Their leader. You know, we turned that into a meme. <laughs> 
So, I mean, I did laugh, but I also thought, okay, that's not the time. This isn't, you know. So, but yes, (sighs) it it was sad. And a number of the things mentioned, you know, uh, articles and things mentioned that um, due to the popularity of the monkeys, they, you know, put Chekhov on Star Trek. And the picture they showed was... I don't know that that um, Walter even ever wore this particular wig on the show, but it was him in costume and in the most god-awful, horrible wig. Oh, God. I, I mean, worse than anything I remember ever seeing. So I was like, okay, that's an insult to everyone, including Davy Jones. Really? Well, I'll tell you, this means one thing for sure. If we ever go to a Star Trek convention and Walter is there, we can no longer scream, we love you, Davy. Oh, can't do it. I know, but I'm, I'm glad we did it that one time. I'm, I'm very glad we got the chance to do it while <laughs> while things were still okay because it was funny as hell. It sure was. It was great. We were just cracking ourselves up, <laughs> and other people too. There were other people laughing, but it was good. So I was sad about Davy. Yes, he was yes, a good so. guy, and he was a good singer, and mm-hmm. you know, he he really was sort of the the spirit of the monkeys. I would say, mm-hmm. you know, like he he was kind of the guy who was up for anything. Like, let's let's make this TV show. Let's make a stupid movie. Let's go back on tour. Let's let's just do all these songs. Let's just yeah. do it. And I I admired that about him. Well, one of the things that came up in in the the uh, aftermath of that was. Um, my sister posted on my Facebook page, and she said, I just like this. And it was a quote from Mickey Dolenz, mm-hmm. and it said, the Beatles never had to sing, hey, hey, we're the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is very true. Um, I will say one one thing about Davey that... Um, People might enjoy, and I will have to track this down. I don't have it in my memory at this moment, but there's an episode of the show in the second season when um, the producers sort of lost control of the show where um, the guys are clearly stoned in the show, Mm -hmm. and and Davey is the most stoned of all. And watching him be stoned and laughing at what's going on on the screen is just so funny because – he knows he's stoned and he can't stop laughing and he's just laughing and laughing and <laughs> giggling and falling all over himself. And it's just the funniest and cutest thing. You know, it's so adorable. You're like, oh, look, he's so high. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet you could find it on YouTube or somewhere. Yeah. So I'll try to find that and, and post a link so people could see it because it will make them feel better because it made me feel better to think about that. Good. Not many people get to do that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be a big star and be stoned and, and have it. Go out over the airwaves. <laughs> exactly. Well, while we're on the subject of music. Yes. Uh, one of our listeners, and I'll tell you who it was in a few minutes when I go look it up, sent us this link. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, it's where you can buy a karaoke version <laughs> of William Shatner's Common People. Without Bill's voice on it? Right. Well, why would you listen to it then? <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> it says here, this title is a cover of Common People, as made famous by William Shatner, featuring Joe Jackson. Yes, featuring Joe Jackson, correct. Other version, Pulp. <laughs> yeah, oh, who cares about them? Their version sucked. <laughs> but when you play it, you know, it's this, you know how karaoke yeah. tapes or, or, you know, tracks or whatever can sound really cheesy in the way they reproduce, like, the backup singers mm-hmm. and the uh, the music. Well, it sounds exactly like that, but really, we need to post the link, and everyone needs to go see it, because when it comes to the part that Bill does, of course, there's no singing, and they've got the words going, but I guess in their attempt to be funky, yeah. they don't, like, put... Like, okay, a line of of lyrics will be at the bottom of the screen, and the next line will be at the top, and then it moves down and appears again. It's like, okay, if you didn't know how this went, how could you possibly follow this? It's really bizarre. That's so strange. Yes. It also tells us the original key was C. (laughs) Okay. So, um, yeah, you can buy it, but you can play like a minute or so of it by just going to the website. And it's okay. pretty funny. That is <laughs> I'm strange. I'm just imagining I they... 
What do would you like to go to, you know, like a karaoke bar or something with this, you know, handed to the DJ? This is what I'm going to do. <laughs> really? Um, I wonder if they had to get Bill's permission to do that, right? I mean. I don't know how the karaoke thing works. Oh, if they had, because if it's his version, presumably they had to license it from him or something. Well, or license it from, I don't know, the recording company and the yeah. the songwriter. Wouldn't it be funny to see Bill do the karaoke version? Like to have him in a karaoke bar and doing it? No, no. They should do it on Futurama and have Zap Brannigan do it. Yeah. Okay, here, here's another interesting fact. All files available for download are reproduced tracks. They're not the original music. Oh, okay. Oh. So, um... Let me just go tell you who sent that to us. J.A. Morris. Oh, well, thank you, J.A. Morris. Yes. So that's, um, a, that's a find. That's a definite find. <laughs> that's a find. But that's one Shatner-related piece of music I won't be putting on my um, iPod. Okay. Speaking of things from uh, <laughs> listeners... Yes. Uh, I, I wanted to, um, well, I'm, I'm not going to catch you guys up completely on the Star Trek Legionnaire crossover thing. Okay. Um, because that comic book series is still ongoing. I'm reading it and it's gotten kind of sillier, but that's good. I think it works better when it's silly. It was too serious in the first issue and now it's just gone completely into this <laughs> crazy time travel kind of thing. So that's good. I like okay. that. Okay. Um, but the uh, it, the last issue of it had several alternate covers, and I posted one of them on the blog. Yes, with Kirk as <laughs> surrounded by the the female Legion members, um, and Quavmo left us a comment which said, "Ha! No god, hero, or supercomputer has a chance against this man." <laughs> <laughs> and and I agree with that. I yes, agree with that statement. Um. Also, while we're on the, the subject of things uh, listeners have sent us, a listener of ours created a wonderful uh, video that is a, a series of photos of Bill through the years, and they're all great. And he did this in honor of Bill's birthday. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, very nicely, he posted it at the beginning of the month. So his name is John Tenuto. And it's on the Shatner board. It's also on our blog. And it was also posted to our Facebook page. So I'm going to urge everybody to go look at it because he did a great job. And there are pictures there I had never seen. Ooh. So um, really, everybody go look at that and, and put comments either, you know, on Facebook or on uh, YouTube where it is or whatever to to give this guy his his kudos because he did a wonderful job. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of stuff gearing up for Bill's birthday this year mm -hmm. um, because, well, it's his birthday and it's a big one and, and everything. And he's exciting. everywhere. And he's everywhere and he's, he's, you know, having a birthday while he's doing a one-man show across the entire United States. Yep. So reason for celebration. There really needs to be a William Shatner Day. There really does. Yes. Yes. Well, there is talk like William Shatner Day. Yeah, that's not the same, though. No, I, I know. I, I think I it know. needs to be a, a holiday where you get to celebrate the fact that he exists. Well, and I'm really surprised that, like, his hometown of Montreal hasn't put up a statue of him. Yeah. You know, there's a statue of Mary Tyler Moore now in Minneapolis. Oh, yes. Throwing yes. her hat up in the air. <laughs> yes. Um, a big clunky bronze hat, you know. But, um, <laughs> you know, why Why isn't there a, a statue of Bill? There should be a statue of Bill. He yeah. should be pointing. He should yes. be doing the, the finger pointing. Yes. Arr. Arr. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm imagining the look on his face when he does the finger pointing thing. Well, um, one of the things, oh, let me find this. On our, our Facebook page is, uh, here we go, um, our, our, our man in New Zealand sent us a link to um, a Flickr stream that has a whole bunch of, you know, sort of on the mm -hmm. set pictures. And the one that came up when I posted it is Bill smiling and laughing and holding up one finger, you know, the pointing <laughs> thing. But I know what's going on there. Just from the look on his face, they are shooting a scene and Bill has just screwed up the lines, and he's laughing at himself, but he's holding up his finger, and he's saying something like, no, keep taping, I'm going to get it. 
And then he <laughs> goes ahead and does I'm just sure of it. I can read all of that in that photo. Oh, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you're absolutely right. Oh, yeah, I looked at some of those pictures. I have to see if that guy is in touch with the guy who runs the Star Trek history site, because I think that's where the, a lot of those images are from. There were the little film clips, those 35 millimeter right. uh, scan things. So if he's not in touch with Star Trek history guy, he should be. And maybe I can make that connection. Happen. Well, maybe they're the same guy. They could be the same guy. I need to dig a little bit deeper. I, I started yeah. and then I got distracted by something. Okay. Well, I have Dinner. a quiz for you. One, one question quiz. Okay. I'm going to give you a quote mm -hmm. from a Star Trek actor. Okay. And you're going to guess who it is. Now, I will tell you, it is not a TOS actor. Oh, well, then I can't answer this question. Okay, no, you can, you can take a guess. Okay. <clears throat> uh, I got to get it right. Gene Roddenberry told me or warned me about what I was getting into with Star Trek. But nobody warned me about My Little Pony, EGAD. Uh, I, I don't know, and I don't know what that means either. <laughs> it's John DeLancey. <laughs> okay. Who apparently did some My Little Pony something or other. Really? And I guess he must be like a big deal among the My Little Pony people. Oh, my God. That is so funny. <laughs> I love John and, Delancey. Well, and the reason I found it is, um, as you know, the other night I was watching Godfather Part 2. Mm -hmm. And I pointed out to you that Helen Noel plays Fredo's wife. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Well, so as I'm watching the rest of it, because I watched it over two nights... Um, in the uh, the con congressional scene where they're, you know, questioning Michael about his criminal activities and everything, I swear the guy sitting next to the senator doing the questioning looked like John DeLancey. <laughs> so I looked him up on IMDb, and if he was, it's not in his credits, but they did have that weird little quote there. That is so funny. So I've looked it up now on Google while, uh -huh. while you were talking, and he... Um, he played an oh, I can't talk today an omnipotent Q-like character in the season premiere of My Little Pony in 2011. <laughs> he was the voice of Discord. I think Q would have disintegrated the entire world of My Little Pony. Wow! Oh, totally. <laughs> one one finger. Bzz. Yep. Oh, we were talking about comic books. Yes, we were. Yes, and there was a um. You know, uh, Trek Today reports as those come out. And uh, remember the, the awful Where No Man Has Gone Before with the new cast oh, comic yeah. book? Well, apparently uh, the plan is to redo every TOS episode <gasps> no in the way. comic books. Yes, because no they had pictures from um, maybe it was Salt Vampire. <sighs> Or, you know, something, but I think they're going to do them all. Oh, those And they're going to screw them up every single time. Uh, well, I guess that means... Oh, Tom, that's the one they did with Space Seed. I have no choice but to illegally download them from the internet then. I won't yeah. spend any money on them. Oh, no, no. Wow, that's but so I, sucks. I'm guessing there's going to be 92 of them. That, oh, God, that's awful. Um, and I just want to reiterate that um, as I pointed out on the blog, when they come out with this crossover between Star Trek and Doctor Who, there's no way that Kirk would let him on the ship. No way. <laughs> no, it would have been one of those great episodes, like the Tribble episode, <laughs> where things are happening that Kirk hates and there's nothing he can do about it. He would throw Because off the ship. Doctor Who double talks even faster and, and more than Kirk. This is true, but I think Kirk might just punch him in the end. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, he just might get so frustrated he would do something like that. Well, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> but I was really um, quite happy that Mike Sterling, our friend Mike Sterling, thought that um, our post about that was the best comment on that particular comic book <laughs> being released. Yay, we scored with Mike Sterling. Yeah, that means a lot. Oh, that's funny. Hey, hey let's I take... have a question before we take okay. a break. 
When is Maynard coming to San Francisco? He's coming this summer um, because oh, that's when the, the big skeptic conference is in, oh, okay. in uh, Las Vegas. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping to see him when he comes through. I, I have a long overdue email that I need to write to him to oh, okay. sort of make some arrangements. And I owe him some Adam West comic books that are <laughs> wait, waiting to be mailed to Australia. So, <laughs> I do. Guess what I learned on Jeopardy today? What's that? At <clears throat> Comic-Con, I don't know what year because I wasn't paying that much attention, uh, there was a Batman panel, and Adam West, Burt Ward, and Julie Newmar were all there. Wow. To talk about Batman. That would have been cool. <laughs> that would have been so cool. Yes. Speaking of cool, mm -hmm. did you see The Simpsons opening on Sunday? No. The opening to the show? No. They redid the whole thing as Game of Thrones. <laughs> It was, and they used the Game of Thrones music. It was so amazing. <laughs> the openings have been getting um, better and better because <laughs> they've really been spending a lot of time on them. It's like the episodes are, I know. are sort of uneven, but then the openings are really, really good. <laughs> I was watching it. I was going, this is easily a week's work on its own. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Oh. Uh, all right, let's take our little break and okay. then let's come back. We have, we have um, I think, two more big topics that we need to talk about. Okay. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. We say it all the time, but I'll say it again. We love hearing from you. Blogging at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. Comments to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. This podcast recorded on a MacBook Pro with GarageBand. You know, not only is Bill everywhere, but um, Kirk is everywhere, too. Because sometimes it's, it's Kirk versus Bill. Yes. I mean, being different. And I am never surprised, I have to say, when I see Kirk being featured in like a business publication. Or, or a history is. book or anything. Yeah. I mean, he just, he always gets held up as this thing, that, this paragon that we need to admire. Yes. So just the other day in Forbes, the premier business magazine of our time, as they like to style themselves, we get this article. Five Leadership Lessons from James T. Kirk. And there's a beautiful picture of Bill with a little too much gel in his hair, mm -hmm. um, but still looking. And doing the, the cheek suck in thing. The cheek suck in thing. And he's got a slightly furrowed brow. But there he is. It, okay. And I want to read the first paragraph. <laughs> because there's something missing from this paragraph that I consider pretty astounding. Okay. But I will say that the guy who wrote this article seems to be a pretty big Star Trek fan because he gets yeah. an awful lot of stuff right throughout the whole oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Okay, this says Captain James T. Kirk is one of the most famous captains in the history of Starfleet. There's a good reason for that. He saved the planet Earth several times, stopped the doomsday machine, helped negotiate peace with the Klingon Empire, kept the balance of power between the Federation and the Romulan Empire, and even managed to fight Nazis. On his five-year mission commanding, commanding the USS Enterprise, as well as subsequent commands, James T. Kirk was a quintessential leader who led his crew into the unknown and continued to succeed time and time again. You know what they never mention? Uh, the whales? No. That what? it was a TV show. Oh, that he's yes, a fictional course. character. I was thinking that right from the beginning. Like, as soon as you said he is one of the most famous captains yes. in the history of Starfleet, it's like, oh, yes, we all know about Starfleet. Yeah. <laughs> it really happened. It's a historical record. Yes. So funny. And then he goes on like that, too. Kirk's success was no fluke, either. It's exactly. Great. It's so awesome. I love it. I just love it. Oh, it's wonderful. Um, and I think all of the five things that he says about Kirk's character are absolutely true and are definitely part of the reason why we love him as a character so very, very much. Yes. So um, I recently to... met a guy who um, is getting his MBA mm -hmm. and he was reading uh, the Steve, Steve Jobs biography. Uh -huh. I really feel like sending him this <laughs> Yeah. and saying this will be much more useful. 
Exactly. And did you notice on the page I'm looking at anyway, this guy who has written this, Alex Knapp, also wrote an article called Five Leadership Mistakes of the Galactic Empire <laughs> in, in Star Wars. It's like, yeah, definitely. Yep. Definitely. So here are the five leadership things we can learn from um, our friend James T. Kirk. Um, never stop learning. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I, not I noticed how they worked Gary Mitchell into this first paragraph, too. Yep. So extra points for getting Mitchell in there. Um, and, and some of this is stuff that we have talked about on the show um, about. He says there's no need for a 23rd century starship, starship captain to know how to mix and prepare gunpowder. Um, after all, they fight with phasers and torpedoes. Gunpowder is obsolete. But he wanted to know anyway. It was a good thing to, yep. to learn how to do. So he did it. Yep. Um, have advisors with different worldviews. And so I know we've talked, about, we've talked about this, right? He convenes this panel of people. They give him this advice. He goes away and he thinks about it and he makes a decision. Uh, unlike, in my view, TNG, where it was just a bunch of people sitting around a table mm -hmm. and Picard didn't actually listen to anything anybody had to say or um, actually weigh their advice and then make his own decision. Mm -hmm. um, so let's say <clears throat> the next item is be part of an away team. Um, and I, love I love this. Yeah, because he says risk is, risk our, is business. our business. Right up front. So, yeah, he gets out there. He's always doing stuff. And as he says, also, Kirk was very much a hands-on leader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially when it came to the women. That's right. <laughs> Bada-bing. <laughs> um, number four, play poker and not chess. So, yep, um, that's what he was really good at doing. That mm -hmm. Kirk always, you know, kept his cards close to his chest. And then um, I thought number five was really, really interesting. Yes, I, I did too. Thought about it in these terms, but it's absolutely true. And that is blow up the enterprise. And in the end, Kirk was willing to sacrifice the thing that he loved most for the greater good. Yeah. He recognized that it was a necessary thing and he knew that it just had to happen. Yep. I thought this was such a great article. And, um, it kind of ties in with something that, that happened to me. I know I told you several weeks ago how I uh, stole from Bill at an audition. Yes. <laughs> well, I also stole from him and Captain Kirk, I think, in a job interview. Uh-huh. Because they asked me the dreaded question, where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> Captain of the Enterprise. Captain of the Enterprise. No, so I said, well... I'm the type of person who says yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so when there's an opportunity, we need to explore something new and a new idea, a new way of doing something, and they, they want somebody to investigate it, my hand is up saying, yes, I want to know more about that. And they went, that's a great answer. So uh, well, that's an, another thing we can learn from James T. Kirk is steal from James T. Kirk. <laughs> you know, well, I, if I you don't know the answer, give the answer Kirk gave. Yeah, or Bill gave. <laughs> or Bill gave. And his whole book is Say Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, when you said, you know, that they told you it was a great answer, it's a good thing you didn't blurt out, well, of course it was a great answer. <laughs> Bill came up with it. <laughs> no, no. I, I just sat there and, and took credit. Yes, it was a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> so there are so many things you can learn from William Shatner and James T. Kirk. It's true. Um, You know, and I'm looking at the art the. Uh, comments under this article, and they oh, all yes. seem to be very positive. And very few of the people um, are are saying like, "Why are you quoting a fictional character on a <laughs> TV show?" They're all just like, "Oh yeah, definitely, this is great." <laughs> well, and the first guy talks about um, the the mission statement. <laughs> yeah. Um, and these two comments are really good. So one guy says, I believe you left out, quote, always enter into intimate diplomatic negotiations with an alien species, especially if they're hot. Um, and then the guy responds to that with, um, and don't forget that you might be able to find that their cheap jewelry is really made up of dilithium crystals, which Scotty can jury rig in an emergency to get warp power and phasers back online. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so, 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 so nobody said this is a disaster. 
Uh, you know, so far nobody said that. People are talking about the Kobayashi Maru, mm-hmm. and um, I think he he said he's going to write something about that. <gasps> I would love to read that. Yeah, so it's great. So very so cool. Awesome. So awesome. Yep. I love it. I love it when this kind of thing happens. Okay, so let's do, um, as we've often done in this show, I'd like to now segue from something <laughs> that could be, yeah, that could be considered sublime, <coughs> talking about Kirk and how important he is, to the ridiculous. So now we're, we're going to talk about um, a question raised to us by our man in New Zealand, which was, Bill was in a lot of bad movies in the 70s. He was in a lot of movies in the 70s, but a lot of bad ones. What if Bill had been in some of the other better movies of the 70s. Which ones would he have been in and what roles would he have played? Now, the first one that immediately came to mind was Convoy. I okay. think he, he would have been great in Convoy. I think that's exactly the kind of role that he really could have gotten into, like driving a truck and wearing a flannel shirt and being really tough and breaking the law and like standing up to the man. I think he would have liked that. Yep. Well, you know, I was thinking about a little, very little, because I knew we were going to do this. And I was realizing that in so many of the movies of the 70s, mm-hmm. it was really a time of an anti-hero. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Bill was, at that time, post-Kirk, in more of the heroic mode. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to put him into movies. Well, I'll tell you, I can, I can tell you right now what movie he would have been really good in. So okay. I'm looking at a list that I found on the web of uh, top 20 films of the 70s. Okay. And there are some that I don't think he could have fit in, a movie like American Graffiti, for example. Right. Because all those kids are too young. He wouldn't yes. have done that. A movie like Annie Hall, which is about, you know. Woody Allen. Woody <laughs> Allen and, you know, overly educated white people in Manhattan. That's not the kind of movie Bill is going to be in. But think about Apocalypse Now. Don't you think that he could have played Robert Duvall's role? Yes. Wouldn't he have been good in that role? That's true. That's true. I yeah, think he could have true. he could have done a really good job because, you know, the thing about that character is that it has that slightly psychotic edge to it. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe more than slightly, but, yeah. you know, it, it's there. And I think Bill could have done it in this very sort of all-American way, but with that, that edge of craziness to it. And right. that would have been really, really good. Right. Hmm. I'm trying to think of other movies from the 70s, but you have a list, don't you? Yeah. So I, I can tell you they're all in alphabetical order. So we okay, that's through. okay. I don't think he would have fit in Cabaret. Not the kind of movie for him. No. No. Um, Chinatown? I'm trying to decide if he could play that Jack Nicholson role. It would be very, very different. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. So, not sure about that one too yeah, much. Yeah, not sure. Um, the next C movie is uh, Clockwork Orange. Don't think he would have been good in that one. No, no. No. But Close Encounters of the Third Kind, I think he could have done the Richard Dreyfus role. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. would have been good. Yes. I, I think, you know, he could have brought that. Um, the sense of wonder, which is a very uh-huh. important part of that role, um, sort of the playfulness and the the down to earthness that that guy uh-huh. has, like the like that's part of the whole arc of the movie is that he is such a down to earth guy, and then he he's sort of taken away from all of that by the aliens. I think he could have done a good job with that. You know what I would love to see his take on? Uh huh. The Robert Shaw role in Jaws. Oh. That would have been good. Because, first of all, you could understand what Bill was saying. <laughs> yeah, that movie is on this list, by the way. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. All right. Good, good. I think he got more, not really in the Roy Scheider role, but mm-hmm. the Robert Shaw role. Yes. He could put on some of his crazy makeup from Barbary yeah. Coast. Yeah. And get one and of those accents accent. that travels around the world. And... <laughs> that would have been good. Now, the next movie I haven't seen, which is Deer Hunter, so I can't speak to that. I haven't seen that either. All right. Forget it then. Um, <laughs> doesn't count the next movie Exorcist if Bill had been in that movie it would have been a comedy so I don't think that would have worked <laughs> okay um, French Connection he could have done that yes, I think he, he could have done that Yeah, uh, and he would have loved the driving yeah. you know? 
that would have been great. Well, another movie he would have loved to have done because of the driving is Bullet. Oh, of course. Yeah, that would have been really yeah. good. Although, I have to say, you know, part of um, the reason that I think Steve McQueen worked so well in that movie is that he was so tightly wound mm-hmm. and, and sort of cold and closed off. Like, you never really got to see a lot of what was going on under right, the surface. Right. And Bill is just not that way mm-hmm. as an actor. I always feel like even when his character is supposed to be that way, he's always giving you little glimpses of what's going on inside. Right. And that might not have worked within the, the structure of that movie so well. Very true. Very true. So, yeah, French Connection, that could work. Mm-hmm. Now, now here, here are the next two movies, which are Godfather and Godfather 2. So where would you have put Bill in, in those movies? I I really don't see him in either of those movies. Mm-hmm. But I got to say, because, you know, I just watched Godfather and Godfather 2 again. I don't care what anybody says. I think Marlon Brando's an embarrassment in that. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the, the things in his cheek... Make him look uh-huh. like a cartoon. Mm-hmm. And in the scene where he cries over Sonny's death, I just start laughing because his face crinkles up in such a weird way. <laughs> so anyway. I'm trying to think. He might have been good as like a, like the Mo Green character. He, he might have done that pretty yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. No, but he's, <laughs> he's already played a gangster in the White Sox game. Oh, so. that's true. That's <laughs> no need true. to repeat. <laughs> or or even in, um, whatchamacallit, with Angie Dickinson. Oh, right? yeah. Big Bad, big bad Mama, Mama. With his big stupid hat. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, okay. that's another reason not to do The Godfather. A lot of hats. A lot of hats. A lot of hats. And he wouldn't have looked good. Okay. Um, Jaws. We've just talked about that. Yes, yes. Um, and then the next one on here is M.A.S.H., and I'm trying to think if he could have been in that movie. He could have. And you know who he could have been? Frank Burns. Yep. <laughs> oh, that would have been actually pretty interesting. It really would have. Wow. Bill as a sort of really, really uptight guy. Yeah. Who's who's addicted to law and order. That would have been really interesting. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, the next one is Network. Oh. <gasps> God, you know, Robert Duvall was in a lot of the best movies of the 70s, wasn't he? <laughs> I love Network. I love that movie so much. You yeah. know what he could have played? What? And played the hell out of it? The Ned Beatty role. Yeah. I mean, that is the scene that sticks with me anyway more than anything else in that movie. And Ned Beatty was incredible. But the last time I watched it, I remember thinking Bill could do this. Mm-hmm. He could definitely have done it. Yep, he would have been good in that. Oh, yeah. I think he would have brought a real intensity to it. Yeah, well, he's good um, at that. Bill brings the intense. Yeah. Um, next one is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I'm not sure about that I, Yeah, I don't think so. Yep. Um, Rocky, don't think he could have done nah. anything in that. Uh, Saturday Night Fever, not the right vehicle for him. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, right. Star Wars, probably not. It, well, yeah, Star Wars is beneath him. <laughs> um, taxi Driver. No. No, don't think so. And then you know what the last movie is that would have been so much fun, but I don't know. I don't know if it would have worked. Young Frankenstein. <gasps> <laughs> oh, my God. It's just, you know, it would have been so much fun for him to be in that movie, but all of the actors in that movie are so perfect in the roles that they have. I know. I, I couldn't see swapping any of them out because they're all really? so funny. Just every one of them. I love Kenneth Mars in that movie. Oh, my God. He's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, wow. maybe he could have done, you know, Gene Hackman's role as the blind man, but I love Gene Hackman in that movie. I know, role. He's so I good. know. <laughs> oh, yeah that that is uh, that movie is a classic. It it <laughs> definitely is. Well, now I'm trying to think of other roles I would have liked to see Bill play. Mm. 
Well, I, I think, you know, he could have done a really good job with the, the ones that we've been discussing. You know what else he could have played? I don't know what? if this is 70s or not. I'm probably getting my dates mixed up. No, I think it is the 70s. I think he could have been in The Sting. Oh, he would have been good in that, yeah. He could have I played Paul so. Newman's role. Mm-hmm. He could have played Robert Shaw's role. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I won't say Harold Gould's role because he is Harold Gould is so pitch perfect in mm-hmm. that supporting role there. But you know all these these different guys who you know are in on the game and everything. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. But I agree. yeah, he could have done that. And you know, in the early days, he and Paul Newman were both up for a lot of the same roles. Yes. Because Bill auditioned for Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, and it went mm-hmm. to Newman. Oh, you know what movie he could have been in that would have been actually a, a match made in heaven? What? He should have been in Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, that movie is already full of people chewing the steel scenery, the steel hull of, of the ship. Well, you know, basically... Any of the 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 Irwin Allen disaster movies, um, the Towering Inferno, Inferno, yes, those things. You know what else he could have been in that's recent and has his his friend and admirer Ben Stiller in it is Tower Heist. Mm-hmm. He would have been so much better than Alan Alda. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I really wanted to see him in Poseidon Adventure. That would have been so good. <laughs> I love that movie. I've seen that movie so many times. I saw that movie in the movie theater when it came wow. out. And you know, I knew it was great even then. My favorite bad TV movie is, I believe, from the 70s, late 70s. And it's um, Devil Dog, Hound of Hell. <laughs> I've seen that movie. <laughs> but that is, I can quote huge sections of that because <laughs> it's so funny. But can't you just see Bill instead of Richard Crenna? Saying a line like, I'm being hounded by my dog. (laughs) That would have been great. They should make a musical out of that. And, you know, Bill was in so many of the bad TV movies. I don't know why they didn't get him for that one. Um, The puppy has the evil eye. (laughs) Here's a movie that Bill could have been in and done a really good job. He could have been in Deliverance. (gasps) Ooh, Don't you think? Yeah. He would have been good in that, I think. Yep. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. that, that kind of gives me shivers. Yeah. That's a scary, scary, scary movie. Um, yeah. Boy, there are so many things. I, I wish that Bill had been in more of these movies instead of Kingdom of the Spiders, although I love Kingdom of the Spiders. <laughs> Could Bill have played James Bond at any point? I was just thinking that, and I don't think so. Yeah. I think James Bond has to be English for one thing. Well, yeah, there's that. But he, I mean, I don't, I actually don't see Bill being a spy. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just not, he's not sneaky enough. <laughs> he can't pull it off. Well, he we took were... the lock picking class at Academy. <laughs> Remember when we were watching that episode of Hawaii Five-0 and he was trying to be uh, a a con artist yeah and, and we were watching him being like how could anybody believe him like he's <laughs> he's so transparently not what he's saying he is he's really yeah. not good at conning people i just don't think he could do that oh i gotta tell you this um i recently saw a, a play which was um a stage version of of several different things by mark twain mm-hmm. and you know, because even in Twain's wonderful use of language, um, language was a little more formal then. And so especially when you're doing the written word, mm-hmm. some of the actors handled it beautifully. Some of the actors made it sound Shakespearean, <laughs> which was well, weird. That's taking it a little too far, isn't it? I think so. How strange. Did they not have a good director? Well, I don't know. Um, You know, I mean, parts of it were really, really good. Um, But some of it, it was kind of like I was having flashbacks to going to Stratford. (laughs) Anyway, that was sort of off topic, but. (laughs) Well, that is. Oh, I've got a movie Bill could have been in. What? He could have played. 
Petruchio in Taming of the Shrew. This is true. There's so many Shakespearean roles that I think he could have done yeah. a good job with. Mm-hmm. Did, did you ever see the version that they did, the BBC version with John Cleese? Of Taming of the Shrew? Yes. No. It, it was very interesting. Who did John Cleese play? He played Petruchio. Really? Yeah. With a big old beard. <laughs> I forget who played um, Kate, but it was it was very interesting production. Yeah, I I guess it was it was one of those like minimalist BBC things that had mm-hmm. like no sets, you know. Right. Um. Um. And yeah, it was good. This was it must have been the mid, oh, like yeah, mid seventies. I guess they had done all of them um, with different directors and different. I stars. remember when that was you know hearing something about, but I never heard that John Cleese was involved in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here's some other movies. Okay. And these these are more um late sixties movies. Okay. I think he could have he could have been in Bonnie and Clyde. That was that was one of the first ones I thought of when we were starting to talk about it, but I couldn't remember if it was seventies or not. Yeah. I think that would have been mm-hmm. a really, really good thing for him. Yeah. Um, I think he could have been in um he could have been in the Wild Bunch. Peck and Paul movie? Yeah. You know, like a good Western? I think he could have been good uh-huh. in a good Western. Yeah. Um, All the President's Men? Oh, maybe. maybe one of the editorial roles, but not not um, Ben Bradley. No, definitely not. No, no, he could have been. Some of the other editors had, had fairly big roles. So yeah, Martin good. Balsam's in there and, mm-hmm. you know, a few other people. Yep. Yeah. That could have been good. Um. I'm not naming any of the musicals because I don't think we want no, to go no, there. No, no, no. Oh, let's see. Fifteen great science fiction movies of the seventies. There were fifteen. Oh, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> okay. Okay. See. Oh, we're ready. One of, one of them is Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Oh, Bill could have been in that. <laughs> uh, Man Who Fell to Earth. No. Ooh, Westworld. That would have been interesting. That's a great Yeah, movie. as the as as the cowboy robot. Yep. That would have been good. Yeah. Uh, a movie called No Blade of Grass. I don't know anything about that. Never never saw that or heard of it. Um THX 1138. I don't never think saw so. It. Oh, he could have been in Andromeda Strain. That would have <gasps> been so good. Oh, yeah. He would have been very effective in that. Yeah. Um, let's see, Logan's Run, that was Dippy. Yeah. Uh, Superman, don't think so. No. Although I do love Ned Beatty in that movie. God, he's funny. <laughs> um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Well, Leonard was already in that, so let's see. Um, Slaughterhouse Five. I never saw that movie. I never saw that one either. Uh, a movie called Solaris, which I've never seen. Um, I just saw the, the the remake of that with George Clooney, but that's originally oh. like a German film or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Clockwork Orange, we talked about that. Star Wars, Close Encounters, and then Alien. Don't think Bill would have been good in Alien. No, and I cannot get all the way through Alien. There's one scene that I just I can't watch, and I just turn it off, so... I've yeah. never seen any of the the uh, the sequels either because I kind of figured I probably don't know enough. <laughs> yeah, I've only seen the first one once, and I will never see it again because it scared me too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's a couple others he could have been in. Okay, uh, could have been in Capricorn One. Never saw it. Oh, that's a good movie. It's kind yeah. of cheesy now, but it is pretty darn good. He could have been in that. Okay. Um, could have been in Rollerball. Oh yeah, that would have been good. Yeah. Um, oh, and you know what? He could have been in Soylent Green. <laughs> yeah, him. he would have had a lot of fun with that. Imagine stuff. him standing in the street going, Soylent Green, green is people. people. <laughs> <laughs> <Gosh>. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, well, that was good. So, listeners, yeah. listeners, listeners, send us your thoughts on this topic. What seventies or any other era, or really. any, or or eighties, or, or right up until till now. I mean, he's still working. Yeah. What he's movie still... would 
would you like to see Bill in, you know, or, or have seen him in some a role in particular or just mm-hmm. in a movie that you think would have been suitable for him? Tell uh, us. I know a role I think he would be absolutely fabulous in. Uh-huh. Henry II in Lion in Winter. Oh, yeah. I agree. Oh, my I God. Totally Bill, agree. I mean, that's made for scenery chewing. Yeah, man. that I love that movie. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's a movie that seems to go on for about four days. But, it does. <laughs> but, it, but, but the thing is, even though it goes on for so long, I never get bored with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it's going to be long, and I really enjoy sort of the ups and the downs when it gets really loud and then when it gets yeah. really quiet and, and stuff's not happening. It's still yep. really, really good. Yep. Do you think Bill could have played the Wallace Shawn role in Princess Bride? Hmm. You know, I don't, that's a good question. I don't think Bill does that kind of comedy. Perhaps not. You know, I will, I will say this. I like the movie of the princess bride, but I adore the book Mm -hmm. and people who say that movie is so funny. I just want to say, no, you have to read the book to really know what funny (laughs) is, but the one performance people seem to love and I hate because I can't understand most of what he says is Mandy Patinkin. Oh, uh uh-huh. I haven't watched it in a really long time, so I'm going to have to go back and see it. Mm, It's one of my favorite, favorite books. Yeah. Um, do you think And he's got I, Bill's got to play Mr. Wednesday when they do American Gods which they are doing um I'm not sure if it's BBC or HBO or but one of those that will you know take their time to really do it right is doing American Gods. But you know what has to happen now that you've said he has to be in American Gods? I right. demand that Bill at some point be in a Christopher Guest movie. <laughs> hey, did you see the Christopher Guest people in the Academy Awards. No, I missed it. I mean, I actually watched a lot of the Oscars, and I totally missed that part, and I can't find it online anymore. Oh, man, it was, oh, that is such a shame that it's not a, a, online, because it was just, it was them, you know, just doing mm-hmm. what they do, and it was so funny. I think Bill would be great in one of those movies. I really do, mm-hmm. in, in a small part, like not in one of the continuing character roles through the right, whole movie. Right, right. But you know, imagine him in in Best in Show, being mm-hmm. one of the the other crazy dog per- people. Yes, yes. He he would have been really, really good because mm-hmm. I think he could bring that internal craziness of himself just out spontaneously. Oh yeah. And ad lib right along with the best of them. I think, I think so. Because he's so good, so. like like with the O Canada thing, so good. <laughs> Love so funny. that. O Canada, cheer up. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my request. For, yeah. You know, for things, maybe I should write to Christopher Guest and tell him so. Yeah, I wish I knew who was in charge of American Gods because they, if they aren't thinking about Bill, they're just not thinking. Well, you know, you can always send a tweet to Neil Gaiman. Or an email. And to Bill. And to Bill. That's true. Leave a comment on Neil Gaiman's Well, I, I, I do have a Twitter account. I might have to figure out how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I only signed up for it because there was some Bill contest or something right. you could do through Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and so my two followers will see it. But if I do like hashtag Neil Gaiman and hashtag William Shatner and hashtag American Gods, everybody will get it. Who needs to, right? Um, you have to do an at symbol to actually send it to their, their Twitter oh, address. Oh, at. Okay, okay. It's See, I, I'm going to need you to coach me so I can okay. do this. Yeah. I, I will compose it for you, and then okay. you can go ahead and post it. Oh, okay. And that will take care of it. will be like a five-year-old. My mommy helped me <laughs> write this. <laughs> well, no, you'll be exactly like Bill. Someone will be writing your tweets for you. <laughs> totally fine <laughs> yep all right let's wrap this mess up um, it's not a mess it's a fun evening it's a great show i love yes. our show i love I still our, show, love our too. show we've been around for so long i can't believe it i know what's it been like six seven years now oh something like that and yeah. and we're capping it off now by going to see bill in person in the second row I know, right so in the exciting. middle too well no we're right on the aisle but it's the middle aisle you know <sighs> 
we're not off on the sides is what I'm mm -hmm. trying to say. It's I figured out why the first row was already sold out. It probably wasn't sold out. I think it's held for those expensive $300 tickets where you get to meet Bill afterwards. That is probably true. Yeah. That, that is true. Well, it's just going to be so awesome to be sitting there oh. and looking at him and being in the same room with him. And yeah. Just sort of basking in his glory. It's yep. wonderful. Oh, that is going to be one fantabulous weekend. Yes. So um, listeners will be tweeting and maybe doing some audio booze and whatever else we can do uh, while we're there. And then we will be doing a lot of podcasting immediately thereafter. And we'll yes. tell you everything that happens. So start your countdown to Bill and the Butt Girls. And if anybody Get your else Bill gets... and the Butt Girls countdown calendar. That's right. <laughs> um, and if anyone else gets to see him while on tour, we want reports. Oh, yes. We want to know, you know what happened when you went. We want to hear the whole story. We do indeed. All right. Well, until next time, let, let's go and, and start our own countdowns. I'll have to put the timer on my iPhone now so I know. Exactly oh, okay. <laughs> Make it a calendar appointment so you get a reminder because you That's might right. forget. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Very good. Okay, bye. Bye.